Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday. That means it is Destination Health Day. It is Wednesday, April 6th, and we are here live. Phone lines are open. Calls are starting to come in, so jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. I've got a theme today. I want to dedicate today's show to people who have not changed the way they eat, who still eat basically the standard American diet. Maybe you've given up some carbs here and there, but you haven't made that big change to radically change your diet. I'd love to hear from you today. So pick up the phone and call me. Um, While we're uh, screening calls, looks like they're coming in fast today. That's a good thing. Um, what I want to talk about is the, the, the difference that we're seeing in healthcare. Um, or actually, I think there's two different systems. I think we have a sick care system and we have a health system. The sick care system is much, much bigger by far. It's, it's a monster now. Um, the sick care system is basically our standard American medical system. Now, I've always said, and I'll say it again, they are amazing when it comes to injury and trauma. I I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. We have amazing health care when it comes to injury and trauma. We have a horrible health care, maybe one of the worst in the world when it comes to actually keeping people healthy. And in fact, we do the opposite. Our system keeps them sick. It's designed that way. That's how they make so much money. Just uh, some statistics I was looking at. You know, think about the the functional medical world that we talk about, whether it's functional nutritionists like myself, functional doctors, uh, a cardiologist like Dr. Wolfson, who was traditional and now works in the functional world. That functional world is still very small. Most people don't understand it, don't know what it is. Let's think about this, though, because we know how big, I mean, we even call them big pharma, um, and that is our medical system, big pharma. Why? Why is our medical system run by pharmaceutical companies? But that's, that's how it works, and they have incredible amounts of money. Because of their system, just in drug advertisements alone, just advertising drugs, and advertising drugs is only legal in two countries in the world, the United States and New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand was always going to be my plan B, but after the way they handled the, uh, the pandemic and the fact that they also allow drug and medical advertising makes me think twice. Um, I may just have to go someplace remote in Alaska. I don't know. Um, Here's the number, $6.88 billion. $6.88 billion on advertising. Advertising doesn't make anybody healthier. It makes them sicker that we should not advertise drugs to consumers. They can't understand what a drug does or what. And we ignore all the crazy side effects they list now. They actually say them. 
But, you know, they make sure there's pretty pictures going on and you're seeing people enjoying life while they're talking about your testicles falling off or leukemia is now a side effect. Death is a side effect. This is insanity. Imagine, imagine if if we took all of the functional practitioners and we split up that almost $7 billion, how many more people they would actually make healthy? What if we advertised functional medicine this way? The problem is functional medicine has huge disadvantages. One, there, there aren't big, big companies with the kind of budgets that big pharma has, not even close but they have bigger disadvantages than just that. For some crazy reason that I, most of this I understand. I, I don't really understand the whole health insurance world. You would think that because health insurance, all insurance wants to pay out the smallest amount of claims possible. That's how they profit. You would think that they would want interventions that actually made people healthy and saved money, but they don't. Look, even a a good functional nutritionist, even an average functional nutritionist, if they understand metabolism, they can cure diabetes in in a matter of weeks most of the time. The average diabetic patient spends $10,000 a year on health care. They don't spend it. Their insurance company does. You would think the insurance company, something's wrong with the whole system. That does not make sense to me. Why wouldn't an insurance company look at this and say, well, of course we'll spend X, whatever X happens to be. I could certainly put together a program for somebody that for $2,500 will do everything they have to do. Make it 5000 and we could include most of their food. And we would cure their diabetes within a month. Most people, it wouldn't even take that long. And yet, they won't spend that money. Functional medicine, insurance doesn't work. People have to pay cash. There's two problems with that. People don't have enough residual income to to be able to spend on these kind of things. And two, they don't want to because they've never had to before. We make healthcare seem like it's free. Your employer pays for your insurance. Your insurance pays all your expenses. Help, I've seen people complain about $20 co-pays at the doctor. I don't know how we turn this around. I mean, I, we keep doing what we're doing one person at a time, but uh, I think we're heading in the wrong direction overall. There's um, a lot more talk of more fake food, more genetically modified food, fake meat. Can we not see that that is the wrong path, that every time we go down this path, it turns out to be a bad thing? Margarine, trans fats, we could just go on and on and on. That artificial factory-made food has never been healthy for us and never will be healthy for us. Let's go back to the diabetes number for a second. You know, there's, we're not talking about COVID nearly as much as we were a couple of months ago. 
because of Ukraine and what's going on in the world. But uh, the statistic looks like we're, we're closing in on a million deaths here in the United States. We could argue that number all day long, whether it's real or not. But but we'll use it. It's their number. But it turns out that 40 percent of those deaths were in people who had diabetes. Forty percent. Diabetes doesn't need to exist. We could eliminate diabetes. Here's another big number. The federal government spent $1 billion on trying to convince us to get the jab, to take their crazy vaccine that isn't a vaccine, and the numbers are so poor on it they have to hide them all. But they spent a billion dollars. How many people could we have saved with a billion dollars to spend? If we could have just convinced them to get healthier, which doesn't take long. We're two years into this. People are still dying. And yet there's no money being spent on just trying to get people metabolically healthy, which is easy. We can do that all day long with half our brains tied behind our back and our eyes closed. But what we need is money. I know a lot of practitioners that make a good living doing it. I'm one of them. Our company does well doing this. Not enough that we can afford to go out and try to reach another 100,000 people anytime soon, though. We have to focus much more on serving the customers and the clients we already have. Marketing is expensive. We don't have $7 billion to run TV ads. So I don't know how we're going to turn this around. Other than, like I said, we just keep doing what we're doing. If you have any ideas, I'd love to hear them. And again, I'd love to hear from somebody who has not changed the way they eat yet. Uh, Let's see. You know what? I've got some other things here. I've got several, but we've also got some calls. So I'm going to get to the calls. And uh, we have lines open if you dial right now. I promise you will get through. We are going to get started today in... New York. Joe, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I got a couple questions. On kombucha that you get these truck stops, is that carb count for the sugar? Is that accurate? Because I know that in the kombucha process, it feeds on the sugar. Yeah, it's accurate. That's the final product. Anytime they do nutritional testing it has to be done on the final product otherwise it would be inaccurate and what would be the point of it so yeah when you see that they have fermented the kombucha they have finished the kombucha it's ready to bottle and it gets tested right then and yes many of them are very very high in sugar because people don't like sour and tart very much right and I basically have been keto for going on, oh, about three years, and I basically stalled out. I mean, other than the kombucha, occasionally, I normally don't have carbs whatsoever. Well, hold on. When you say you stalled out after three years, you're still trying to lose weight? Yeah, I I haven't really been um, on my end. I, I eat like I'm supposed to, but I don't really, haven't been losing weight for a while. Well, get, like, yeah, give me like the said, history. I, how much did I, you weigh when you started? First off, how old are I, you? When I, I am 54. Okay. And I started out at 310, and I'm down to about 270. 
Well, then how long did it take you to lose that? Actually, with that, I had uh, lost that within less than a year. Okay. Well, I I mean, just to to give you an – hold on, because we we should have probably addressed this a long time ago. Just to give you an idea, to get from 310 to 270 is 40 pounds. That could have been done in two months, and it wouldn't have been unusual. Two months is about what I would expect for 40 pounds. Most people lose a pound a day. As long as they have weight to lose, they can continue losing a pound a day. So the fact that it took you a year to lose the 40 pounds and then you stopped and the last two years nothing's happened, well, something needed to be changed. You needed to do something different. Now, let me ask you this. Were there other health benefits? Yes, I was high blood pressure and I was a diabetic. Those have all been eliminated. Excellent. So when you part of my issue is if I have any like if I have some bread for some reason any form of well wait hold on hold hold on I'll gain a lot of weight. Stop. When you say if I have bread for some reason, when were you eating bread or high carb foods? I I do it. You know, I'll I'll cheat once in a great while. I mean, it's like maybe once every couple months I might have a some bread, but why? Normally, I don't have any. And how much weight do you gain? There's a. I seem to. That's what I'm saying. I kind of stay at that thing, and I I'll gain maybe about three or four pounds. Well, and then it takes a while to get that off. Well, first off, I don't even bother bother measuring three or four pounds. Three or four pounds can be nothing but a little water retention here and there, or I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. Hey, most people. I, you can probably ignore a swing of about 10 pounds or so. I say all the time, I can go from 155 to 145 pretty quickly um, without any real issue. So you're at 270. What would you say your ideal weight is? What is, What would you want it to be? Uh, down about 195. So you've got a long way to go yet. So first off, yeah. don't cheat. Because that, that will, it, it will block things. I mean, I don't worry about the three or four pounds you think you gained from eating a sandwich because you didn't. Um, but it will, it will mess with your metabolism. It will mess with all kinds of things. Um, here's what I would recommend. I mean, it, we could look at digestive issues. We could look at stress. We could look at your diet. I mean, when you, do you check your blood sugar yourself? Uh, yes, I used to check it regularly. I haven't checked it for a while. Why not? I, truth be told, I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I It's like been one of my low priority once I cleared the diabetes out of my system. Okay, so what you need then, what I'm hearing is you're really just not doing the hard work anymore. You did it in the very beginning. You got your blood pressure under control. You got your blood sugar under control, which it may not be under control anymore. You're not checking. Once you got to that goal that you had set for yourself in your own mind, you quit. You need bigger goals. Right. I mean, we could go through all kinds of things. You know how to lose the weight. You did it. You know how to get your blood sugar under control. You did it. But then you stopped doing it. 
Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I've never really had that high energy when you go into ketosis. For some well, reason. then, how, were you measuring? Checking, were you measuring ketones? Yes, and I've never really got above a three. Well, then you wouldn't get that energy. I always like the, the the energy comes right. from ketones themselves. So you weren't as keto eating as you thought you were. Right. So what I would do is a I've never forgot I, how to... I would do a reset. What what about this? I I said I wanted to get this out in the next two weeks. I said that a week ago, and I'm not going to make it because I haven't done much of anything for the last week. Um, but I'm going to do a uh, fermented carnivore challenge. I think this is the single best way to eat. Now, what I've been working on is what supplements we probably need with this. And I've come to the conclusion that most of us are not going to be able to do this without supplements. And, and the reason is most of our nutrition comes from animals or should come from animals. And we're not eating nose to tail the way hunter-gatherers did every day of their life. We eat the muscle meat. I mean, once in a while, we might throw in some liver, some heart. We don't eat brain anymore. We don't eat adrenals. We don't, we don't, uh, I mean, even, we don't even have to go that far back when even the Southerners ate the intestines. Chitlins. We, we don't eat that stuff anymore. And I, you know, I kept thinking to myself, why do I still need to supplement when I eat such a good diet? But I really don't. I mean, I eat a good diet, much, much better than most people, but I'm not eating enough of the animal nose to tail, and I, that's why we need to supplement. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Um, no matter how good the quality of our food is, even if it's all regenerative, organic, pastured, grass-fed, we're, we're still not eating the right parts of the animal enough. So that's where the ancestral supplements might come in. But I, I need to finish up my supplement list for this, and then we need to get some things together. But I'm going to do a 30-day fermented carnivore challenge. And my challenge to you would be join that, and you should lose 30 pounds during that challenge. Okay. Uh, I'm willing to try anything. That's the whole thing. I could, like I said, I do limit my carb intake, period. To what? To what? What's the number? Uh, you don't I try know. To keep it around zero. Well, no, you don't. No, you don't. Not even close. What are you eating every day? Typically, whatever I eat every day would be some form of meat. Uh, the only time my carbs will go up is if I eat a processed meat instead of what, cooking a what, steak or wait, wait, why, or pork. Why are, what kind of meat are you eating that has carbs in it? Even processed meat shouldn't have carbs. Well, some like those, um, like Johnsonville brats and stuff like that, those have carbs in them. They have a lot of other garbage in Typically, them, too. They have MSG. True. And I agree. Right. I mean, and a lot of things like those, like if I go into a truck stop and I didn't feel like cooking, I'll eat the rollers for the hot dogs, sausages, stuff like that. I know those have carbs in them. Well, I don't know that. So, well, I've read a lot of the labels, so I know that's anywhere from, they have anywhere from two to six carbs per sausage. Okay. Well, I can tell you, if if you are truly eating the way you say you're eating, and I, I doubt that somewhat, but if you truly are, then carbs aren't your problem. Something else is. 
Yeah, I mean, I do have the one thing I'll eat the, uh, quite a bit of is sunflower seeds. While I'm driving, I'll eat the seeds because they seem to give me the energy to keep me going. Well, there are lots of things. We, I'm not sure. No, it, seeds have fat. That's why we we like nuts and seeds as snacks. But you can't be eating them all day long. They're crazy high in omega six. I, I here's what I, I I think what you need is just more guidance and bigger goals. So I think what I would recommend is I would even have you do a discovery call with Lauren to get this started. Okay. We do the discovery call free. Um, and then I would say, wait for our challenge, which, like I said, I still want to get out in the next couple of weeks at, at the latest. I need to get on it myself because of, you know, what I've been through in the last month and no supplements and changing the way I ate and then getting sick for the first time in eight years. Uh, I need a reset. So this challenge is as much for me. And I truly believe this is the best way to eat once we get the supplements down um, I think this way of eating is going to be able to help a lot of people. So I would recommend that you do a discovery call and then uh, you join us in the fermented carnivore challenge. All right, we are heading off to, oh, right here in Pennsylvania. Zena, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Uh, let me go open up the NutriQ because I was looking at yours. Uh, and I got to get back to my notes on it too. I was all set for you last week and then last week was such a weird week. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, I don't remember seeing a lot in the NutriQ that really concerned me other than... Um, kind of a, a falling off back to some of the older numbers. Okay. Uh, so if we look, at, you've done one, two, three, four, five of them. Oh, wait a minute. Did I see? Yeah, I saw the March 21st. Uh, I went back and compared the last three. Um, okay. Let me put one more in there. Yeah, because for some reason... On a lot of things, if I go all the way back to 2019 and then work my way up to 2020, things got worse in 2020 for some reason. Towards the end, I'm looking at the November. And mm -hmm. the, the things that jumped out at me there, uh, pituitary was high, thyroid was high, and adrenal was high. Those, all, those are all the stress hormones. And... You know, I, I I have a pretty good feeling that your diet didn't change a whole lot. Am I right about that? Right. I didn't right. think so. You know, I, I kind of follow you and I watch you and I, I know you're pretty strict about the diet. I didn't think there was any major changes there. So we start looking at things other than food, which, which is common now when people have been doing this for years and their results were the same. And then all of a sudden they weren't the same anymore. And it is this clear pattern. We see the stress hormones go up. The last two years of our world okay. has been very, very stressful for everybody. Uh, more so for some than others. But um, And then if we, we kind of look down the line, um, again, in November, your immune system, um, I want to go back and compare one other number there. 
your immune system was really kind of off the charts. And it had gotten worse um, from the earlier. So we saw your immune system kind of go up, which is another good indicator that there's stress going on. You know, if when we look at a lot of things around these numbers and how we feel, a lot of it is metabolical. You know, it's our blood sugar, it's our blood pressure, it's our cardiovascular health. It's, And then we have this other side, which is kind of the immune side. And the stress can wreak havoc with both. And when we see both of them get worse, that's a pretty good indicator. Either you totally fell off the wagon, kicked it into the ditch, and set it on fire with your diet, um, which I know you didn't do, or... We're just under a lot of stress. Uh, I'm not seeing anything okay. else that jumps out at me. I, I mean, I, we could go through lots of results. Your, your digestion is starting to get worse. And I know that's part of what you're dealing right. with. I don't see anything right. giant except maybe um, the fact that your small intestine. Uh, now, actually, I would probably point more at liver gallbladder than anything. Um, okay. But again, stress has a huge impact on our digestion. I mean, think about the, the way mm-hmm. we even talk about sometimes how we feel things in our gut. You know, we feel emotions in our gut. And that might be because 80% of our neurotransmitters are produced in our gut. So nothing really obvious is jumping out to me other than I just think that you're being negatively impacted by stress hormones. Okay, so what can I do for that? Are you doing anything that I've talked about on, like, the stress protocols? Um, well, yeah, the exercise and um, the heat, uh, the my high, I've been doing that. Um, and I've been trying to do more gardening because, to me, that's a big stress release. Gardening would be awesome. Yes, get out there and dig in the dirt and, and do more gardening. That's a That's a great way to relieve stress and there's so many other benefits to it the sunshine the contact with the earth the uh, a lot of our good probiotics come out of the soil so that that would be mm-hmm. awesome the exercise give me an idea of what you've been doing and how often um well it hasn't been great lately because i've been working a lot so it's been maybe um like three ten minute sessions a week but then i've also been doing uh stuff outside so I, I think that's enough. I actually think that's enough. Yeah, if you're doing three high-intensity sessions a week plus you're more active in your life, I wouldn't add any more than that. One of the things we do have okay. to look at is virtually everything in the stress protocol increases our stress. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it's designed to be something we call hormetic stress. And hormetic stress actually builds our stress muscle where chronic stress depletes our stress muscle. And, and again, we could take that muscle analogy another step further. Um, let's say that you were to start lifting weights and you did it for six hours a day, five days a week. Do you think you would get stronger? Maybe. Yeah, in the beginning you would. Tired for sure. Yeah, in the beginning you would. 
but eventually you would end up overtraining and you would actually start to weaken the muscle. You're not giving it enough time to rest. So we have to find this balance and, and stress is the same way. We want to we wanna use hormetic stress to build our stress muscle. But I, I just heard, a, I think I read this from Chris Kresser recently. He, he, he says, I'm going to start using this analogy. We also have a stress bucket. You know, I talk about the stress muscle because it helps people understand this. We have a stress bucket. And basically throw all of your stress in the bucket because your body has to deal with it all. So when we do an hour in the infrared sauna blanket, which I love, uh, it's still stress to our body. And then we, so we've got to find this balance and, and I'm struggling with this now. It was working really well for me when I was at home and I had a routine and I was structured. And when I got on the road, all of that went to hell. And I'm paying for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, physically, I don't feel as good. I just got sick for the first time in eight years, and it kicked my ass. It's still kicking my ass. I don't feel good today. Uh, This is not letting up easy, and it's been a week for me now. So today, I got up, and I actually got up at 4.30 and uh, did not want to get up. But I said, I've got to get back into some sort of structured routine around stress. And I got up, and I did the the red light therapy. I didn't bring my infrared sauna blanket, but I'm doing some red light therapy. I did my red light therapy and a couple of limited rounds of breathing because the breathing was a little rough, but I've got to get back into that. And, and then you've also got to say, okay, if I start doing the stress buster, this hormetic stress and things get worse, then what I have to do is figure out how to lower stress elsewhere in my life. I don't want to quit the good stress, but but I have too much total stress. So then we have to look at things like you just have to take more time away from things that stress you, whether it's work and that I know that's not always easy. For some people, it's impossible. Um, but we've got to look at other areas in our life that may be stressful that we could get rid of for a while or that are that are even neutral, like, you know, watching an hour or two of TV a day is probably pretty neutral. Um, feeling so stressed out and tired that you watch four or five hours every night and then try to go to sleep is not helpful at all. Uh, you'd be far better off to go, you know, take up painting or, you know, go for a walk or just go sit outside somewhere. So all of us have to figure out a way, and this is why I haven't finished the entire stress protocol yet. I know what works, the hormetic stress, but I need more ideas on helping people balance the total stress in their life. Does that all make sense? Yes, yes. But it's not easy. It definitely makes sense. Yeah, I, I wish I could. No, I, I wish I could make it as easy as we can make food. But this one just seems more kind. Maybe I will. Maybe if I work on it enough, something will break, and we will figure out something. Well, I'm excited to hear about your um, your your challenge there because we we do fermenting, um, and um, maybe not enough. We just do sauerkraut, but I maybe that will help me. It certainly can. Again, let's go back to that whole, you know, I mentioned 80% of our neurotransmitters are manufactured in our gut by bacteria. 80% of our immune system is in our gut and it's bacteria. 90% of the cells in our body, 90% are bacteria. 
I don't think we can stress enough how important this is. I, I think Dr. Davis hit it right on the head when he said, you know, it's 1982 and you just got your first Atari. Um, it, it, that's, it, and look at how computers have changed the world, not always in a good way, but um, that's what I, I think that's what we're talking about here with our, our microbiome. I, I just think we are at the very, very beginning of this. Okay, sounds good. So, anything else I can help you with? No, but I think I'll check out a little bit more about the stress protocol. See if there's maybe something else I could do. Uh, that sounds good. The, the one I didn't hear, and I know people cringe at this one, the cold exposure. The cold. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I didn't hear you mention that one. Well, I, I've got a pond. Maybe I could go out there and stand out there and try that. That's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Still really cold. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's plenty <laughs> cold, I'm sure. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, I, I, if I had to rate them in order of what I think would be most effective, it, it's tough because all four that I've worked on are really, really beneficial in a lot of ways. That's why I really try to do all four um, when I do them or all four throughout the day at some point. But I may put the cold exposure. Now, I, here's a way I could say it that would be absolutely true. You get far more benefit from the cold exposure for the amount of time committed. Okay. Because really, maximum cold exposure for the benefits is is only about four minutes. Even Wim Hof says the the (laughs) only reason he goes beyond four minutes is not necessarily health wise. It's more of conditioning himself to being uncomfortable. That that's the extended time. But he claims that most of the health benefits come in four minutes. And honestly, I can tell you, getting, okay. getting to the point where a four-minute cold shower is comfortable is not as difficult as most people think. Okay, I'll give it a try. All right. <laughs> Call me back. Let me know how it's going. Thank you. And I will look forward to uh, seeing you in our challenge. I better get to work on that. Let's, uh, let's go to South Carolina this time. Terrence, welcome to the program. How's it going, Coach? Good. What's on your mind today? All right. uh, I just want to. I'm not. I just want to put this. I'm not picking on anybody calling in or want to call in. But when you call in, be honest. First of all, be honest with Kevin because he's here to help us. And there's other people out there listening. So if he asks you a question, what you eat, you got to be honest with you. Eat. Don't. Oh well, I tried. I have a little bit. Just say it. If you cram that cheeseburger down your throat, just say it. Because you're not going to get any, you're not going to get anywhere by bullshitting yourself. There's no other way to put it, and then bullshitting Kevin. If you're going to truly dive into this without the no grains and all that, you just got to go in and do it. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but if you really want to get something out of this, you got to dive right into it, and you got to be honest with yourself. You and, know when you know when you go to grab that cookie or something, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Unless it's a unless it's a grain free cookie and you're only eating one as a little treat, then it's okay. Um, and I have to say that because yeah, I, I, I did it last night. So um, you know, there's when when I listen, I, I've done this a long time. I think I'm actually pretty good at it. 
when I listen, I listen between the lines. I don't necessarily listen to the words. There are some clues um, that I can almost always pick up on that somebody isn't eating the way they first claimed they were eating. They and and it's yeah. not that they're lying. In their mind, they're generalizing, and in some some things you can generalize and get away with it. When we talk about diet, you can't. I, I've talked about the fact that if you don't eliminate all of the grains, you may not get any of the results. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And like I said, it, it's frustrating. I mean, I'm sure it's frustrating others. It frustrates me because I knew what I what I benefited from. Like I said, I had club feet when I was a kid. I could barely walk. I would go home at the end of the day, and I would be limping to inflammation and all that alone. And then to be able to have that basically disappear, I mean, is... <laughs> I know. I, I can't even put into words. I can't put into words how different my feet are compared to when I was eating that way. And right. did I occasionally go off to, you know, and have something? I feel it. Yeah, I know right. it. And I'm like, damn, I can't, I can't do this. I, I mean, the, the way I feel before that, it's like, I, there's no point, in this, there's no benefit for it, you know? And I just hope that I'm like, I'm not knocking anybody that calls in and I hope no one takes it that way. But just, 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 just be honest with yourself, man. And, and, and it's not easy. And people can make excuses, but it is easy now. Kevin, you've given us all these things we can do, canning, fermenting, the yoga, the yoga, I got a question about the yoga too for you. But okay. All these things that Kevin's seen you do, if you just try them, try them, and then see what it does for you. You know? Yeah, you know, this This last week for me, and it's been a week now, I, I remember that um, Wednesday night, I, I got off the air on Wednesday, I did Destination Health last week, and I was, I was kind of run down from the show. I think I mentioned my voice wasn't back yet on Wednesday. Uh, but when I was doing the show on Wednesday, I wasn't feeling all that bad. I just thought I was a little run down from all the travel and the stress of the show and everything else going on. Um, Wednesday afternoon, um, I was actually parked back near where I grew up, and one of my high school friends stopped by that I haven't seen in 30-plus years. Um, and we were really good friends for a you know, all through childhood, just about in high school. And we just started talking and then another friend stopped by, same thing. Uh, and we talked till late that night. And I had a glass of wine, maybe even two, which was probably a bad idea. Um, and at the end of the night, my throat was just raw. And I thought, boy, I, I just need to take it easy. And then Thursday morning, I woke up and I knew I had something. Um, and the crazy thing is, is it's not a whole lot better today. It, it's better. There's no doubt. I think I'm through the worst of it, but this, this one's different for me. You know, how sometimes you get really sick and then you wake up one day and you go, Oh, finally, I feel better. That is not happening with this. Every day I wake up and think, I feel a little better than I did yesterday. And sometimes by the end of the day, I'm thinking, Oh, I don't feel any better at all. Um, but the, the one thing this has really reminded me, it's really reminded me how much I hate not feeling good. I, I have felt so good for the last eight years, but it's all relative. You know, at some point you get used to feeling good. It becomes the norm. And like you say, if you stray a little bit, you eat something you're not supposed to, you know it. And I, I don't normally stray much at all. 
So I haven't had those experiences in a lot of years. But but this last week of not not feeling like I wanted to work on anything, just feeling kind of miserable all day long, it reminded me. I'm going to double down on my health again. I don't want to feel like this anymore. No, absolutely. See, I, I had uh, my fiance had the flu. She's an ER nurse. She had the flu last week. I mean, she was bedridden. Bed. She could. She had to take two days off of work, but she never does. I didn't get it. Now I'm starting to get a little tickle in my throat. I actually flew up to New Jersey my grandson's birthday this weekend. I'm, I, I mean, I was on a plane. Who knows? I could have something, but I just. You know, the way you feel, like I said, you know, you know, you're getting sick. You get I sick. know. Yeah. I think, like I said, eating clean and my vitamin D, I've been keeping up with that. But like, I got a question about the yogurt. All right. Now, when you first put yours in, right? So, you, you know, I got the sous vide machine. I set it at 109, right? The, the timer goes off. It's ready to go in. You just drop them in, in there, right? Drop or whatever your initial starter. Do you wait till it gets back to 109 to start the 36 hour, or do you include the warming up part of that? I, uh, I, I don't think it's going to matter much. And I'll tell you my process. It, it controls that temperature, that starting temperature a little better. I have a, a, a big pot filler in my kitchen. It's a, you know, a faucet that right. it's for filling big pots. Um, so I actually, take the big pot, set it on the counter, put all my yogurt in there, put the sous vide in, and then I turn that pot filler on full hot. And the temperature is actually probably about 120 degrees coming out of our faucet. And by the time I fill it up right to the shoulder and the sous vide machine's already running, it's, it's actually, the sous vide is actually starting to bring the temperature down some, and so is the cold yogurt. So I just... You know, when it's full and I hit start on the sous vide, I just use the timer on my sous vide. I, I don't worry about getting it exactly to temperature before okay. I set my timer. You see, because you know now with me, I, I did my first batch because I got some pills that you, you know, the capsules that you got from you guys, and I um I didn't take the way, so I don't know what I was thinking, and then I so I, I started with new uh, diff, uh, pills that I had, and the yogurt's different. The texture is the same. But it doesn't, the uh, flavoring of yeah. that. So I was just thinking, because it actually would happen one the, time I had to temperature up. The more likely answer uh, is that the pills weren't as active. Okay, that's what I was thinking that too. Okay. Yeah, that, that's but, why but it, I use the half and half. Yeah, it's better to, to keep making that, yogurt from your last batch. Right, yeah. See, but I got this, I kept away from this one, but I don't know if I want to use it because I don't, you know what I mean? So I'm, no, I, I would use it. I'm going to go and get the different pills. And, I, I, I would use okay. it. Don't start again with pills because even if you got a batch that wasn't as active, remember, whatever little bit was in those pills, you doubled 20 times. Right, yeah, okay. So, and then I could just freeze that way, right? I could take that way, just throw it in the freezer. It's not going to... Do any damage to it? I, I that I've always frozen my way, and my next batch comes out great. I've had some okay. people say they froze theirs and it didn't, but um, I have not had that experience yet. So until I do, um, I, I I have a bunch of frozen way at home now because there was no way for me to keep the yogurt going while I was on the road without doing that. 
Let's go to Oklahoma. Brad, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Long time no here. Hey there. <laughs> what have you been up to? This is actually Brad from North Dakota, yeah. but now in Oklahoma. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> so I'm off the road now, permanently, hopefully. <laughs> okay. And uh, I joined one of the gyms here. It's the big purple one that's nationwide, if you know what I mean. But they've yeah. got... Uh, red light therapy machine in there or whatever. It's like a big stand-up tanning bed or whatever that's got the red light therapy bulbs in it and the vibrator thing that you stand on or whatever that, like, shakes your whole body, like, really oh, fast. Yeah. Yep. I'm wondering, what are some benefits to use? I haven't used it a lot, but uh, do you know much about so, red light therapy? Or Yeah, I actually do it myself. Um, so I did all the research before I bought any. The thing is, I would have to know <laughs> what their therapy light is what i mean by that is there's a whole spectrum there's red light yellow light near infrared far infrared mid infrared um, i actually have a device that has a mixed set of lights so i get it okay. and there are a couple very very specific spectrums we want to get so without knowing what they have, I don't know what the full benefits of theirs would be, but I could go over general benefits of, of light therapy because it, it's not always red light. Sometimes it's infrared. Um, this isn't completely different from the infrared sauna that I've been talking about. Hold on one second. Yeah. Sorry, still have a little bit of a cough there. Um, so the, let, let's go with infrared first, uh, because a lot of people have the infrared sauna blanket. We've talked about that a lot. So that is using light therapy. It's non-visible light. We can't see the light that's in that infrared sauna. It's in a spectrum we can't see. And the sauna blankets are what they call far infrared. That is the the most penetrating light for our body. It penetrates deeper into our body than the other spectrums do. So when we combine the infrared light that penetrates deep and infrared, it, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to explain this. I had a hard time getting my head around this. The, the infrared blanket itself does not heat up. Your body heats okay. up. It, when you shine this kind of light on your body, it makes the body get hot. It's not heating up the air like a traditional sauna would. The heat is actually being generated in your body. And with far infrared, it penetrates deep, and that helps pull out toxins. So one of the best benefits of, of far infrared is detoxifying. It, it, it penetrates deep, and you sweat from deep inside, and sweating is one of our best detox pathways. Near infrared, which is a different spectrum. Near infrared is really good for our skin. Everything closer to the surface because it doesn't penetrate as deep, but it's a different spectrum and it, it has different benefits. But things like aging, uh, skin spots, liver spots, um, crepey looking skin, aging skin, it all benefits from near infrared. Um, red light therapy uh, again there are different spectrums and there's even some leading into the yellow range um, red light 
therapy has a direct impact on our cell health. It may be one of the few things that can actually extend what we call our telomeres, and they believe that they could measure our lifespan by measuring our telomeres. The longer those are inside the cell, the longer we're going to live, the healthier that cell is. And one of the best ways of improving that cellular metabolism is that um, that very specific range of red light therapy. That's I wonder if it doesn't have a mix of both. The brochure pretty much touched on everything you said in all three of those deals. It, it, it may have all of them then. I mean, that's really... Um, and then it's got that... Go that ahead. vibration thing that you said now, and it shakes like that's totally like different whole, uh, yeah that's totally different like combination uh, of it too, yeah which, which i feel amazing get out of that thing yeah which is one of the things that i've been working on in my protocol is combining these things so that it doesn't take as much time and that's a good one i've talked about the vibroplate in the past the reason i don't talk about it a lot um people on the road have a hard time with these things that my vibroplate weighs probably i don't know 70 or 80 pounds and it has to be that heavy it has to have a big electric motor on it there's a very specific frequency you said shakes your body real fast there is a very specific speed a very specific fluctuate right so i don't know exactly what what that's recreating you know if we look at all of these therapies think about everything i talk about in the stress protocol cold therapy well when we lived as hunter gatherers did we get a lot of cold therapy you lived in north dakota you know what it's like to work outside yeah right a lot of cold absolutely (laughs) right and imagine if you lived outside yeah so that when we do the cold therapy, we're just recreating something from, our, you know, how we evolved. Our hunter-gatherers were cold a lot. Um, if you lived outside, you were hot a lot. We don't do that anymore. We stay in 70-degree comfort everywhere we go. Our cars, the businesses we go to, our houses, everything's 70 degrees and comfortable. That's, that, that's yep. part of what's killing us. When we look at the, you know, high-intensity exercise, why is that so good for us? Well, imagine a hunter-gatherer. He's walking around looking for an animal, not real high-intensity, and then he sees one. Now, sometimes we would, you know, chase them down. I mean, there was a lot of high-intensity activity and then a lot of mid-level activity the rest of the day. So we're trying to recreate that. Now, when it comes to the the light therapy, honestly, what we're recreating there is sunlight. All of these light spectrums that we're using, they all exist from the sun. So what we're really recreating there is we don't get outside enough and spend enough time in the sun. The one thing I haven't been able to figure out what we're really recreating is this vibroplate thing. But it works. There's tons of evidence. And here's what it's good for. It's absolutely good for your lymphatic and immune system. Lymph fluid moves all around our body and does all kinds of things. And this is fairly new. We haven't known a whole lot about our lymph system. We did, there was one whole lymph system we didn't even know existed until about 10 years ago. And what this vibration at this very specific frequency does is it gets that lymph fluid moving. I, I don't know what we're recreating other than maybe 
we used to move a lot more throughout the day than we do now. Maybe that's what this vibration is recreating, uh, but it absolutely works. Here's another Here's another good thing you can do. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed that. What was that? I said it kind of condenses it all down into 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, that's yeah, the again, the lifestyle was all day. We're, we're trying to just bring yeah. parts of this back into our life to, you know, what if we could go live like that? It'd be probably pretty crazy how healthy we could be. But we're trying to recreate it as much as possible. The other thing you can do with that vibroplate, I do my workouts on mine. Okay. Now, I don't know if that, if you can do that at the gym, if it's set up that way or not, but take a couple dumbbells well, over there. It, it, you've seen a stand-up tanning bed before. Yeah. It's basically, that's exactly like this machine's like a stand-up tanning bed with the red light therapy and the vibroplate in the base. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. So, and I, so you know, you're talking about that vibroplate for like truck drivers, it'd be difficult. But, you know, to get access to that, you have to have the black card, well, which is good nationwide. Yeah. And, and every one of these places is built into a strip center or a, a shop, like some kind of a warehouse type of situation. You can get tr- That's how I decided to go with this anyway. Some of my expedite friends are all black card members, and they stop at those to shower all over the country, right? And right. use these these things. You get the the hydro massage beds and the tanning beds and the red light therapy and all that included in the membership too, which is yeah, it's awesome. Really for truck. That's awesome because I will tell you. Here's the other reason I don't talk about the vibroplate a lot. They're eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, and for twenty four dollars a month, I got right. access to it every day if I want. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, some of the ways I've combined these things, um, I have a a red light therapy light bar, I guess, and and I'm probably going to get a second one so I can cut down my time a little bit, but they're not cheap either. Um, One of the things I do is, is I'll lay down and I'll do eight rounds of Wim Hof breathing and I'll lay the light bar next to me. So instead of standing up with it upright, I lay it down on its side and I lay down next to it and I'll do two rounds of breathing on my back. Then I roll to my right side, do two rounds, roll to my stomach, do two rounds, roll one more time and do my final two rounds. So I'm doing eight total rounds of Wim Hof breathing while I'm getting my red light therapy. And then when I'm working out, I get on my vibroplate. So I'm combining at least two things each time there to cut my time down. Sure. Now, is that something that you could do, like I should do every day or every other day, or does it matter? Or I, you know, I've read, well, you know, three times a week up to 45 minutes or whatever. My thought is, wait a minute, if we're re- recreating sunlight here, why is there a limit? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really a limit. I doubt that many of us would would push the limit. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think people try some of these therapies and say, well, it didn't really work for me. Well, they might have been going once a week or maybe twice a week. I I don't think that's enough, especially in the beginning. I I would immerse yourself in it. Do it every day if you can. Because the the sessions are 10 minutes when you go into Well, when you go jump in that room or whatever. So, yeah. I would, if it's only 10 minutes, I would definitely do it every day or as often as you can. Well, cool. Well, one of these days I'm going to get back up that way and hopefully you don't have to take diesel to the vet that day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. All right. Hey, I just, I just looked at the clock. 
Uh, I need to wrap up this first hour. I am going to do this, though. I've got a, uh, a couple of calls left on the line. So if you're on hold right now, don't go away. Don't hang up. I will, uh, I'll come back and I'll get those calls. I just got to wrap up this first hour. And then we will come right back and take those calls. So one other thing I want to talk about. Um, I should have left myself a little more time. Um, Well, I can carry this after the break, too. We're hearing a lot about food shortages coming. We already know food prices are through the roof. And we're now hearing about food shortages. So for the last three years, I've had very specific financial advice for people. And that financial advice has been pay down debt, save cash, don't make any big decisions. I've been saying that for three years. If you've done that for three years, you're probably in a pretty darn good financial position now. It's time to shift. Um, it's time to, to start on a new financial strategy. And the goal of this one is to help us beat inflation and be prepared for possibly a pretty deep recession and maybe some pretty tough times for people. Uh, The idea of food shortages in this country is scary because we don't know what that means. We have no clue what it means not to have enough food. Now, I know there are pockets of people in the country, and those those groups are growing. I'm either going to do a show on this or I'm going to do an open uh, something. But I'll give you the quick um, theory right now or, or uh, advice that I think is going to be very prudent um, with your money. So if you've been paying down debt and saving cash, congratulations. You've put yourself in a good position right now. What I would do now... I would start converting your cash to usable resources. What I mean by that, first I would look at food. I would start buying food. I don't see prices coming down any time soon. So every time you buy food ahead of time, that's like an investment. The, they are expecting food prices to go up another 10%. So when, that's 10% in a month. That's 120% in a year. So when you pre-buy, just buy a month. It's like getting a 10% return on your investment. Investments don't always have to be stock market, gold, um, crypto, whatever. Uh, Investment can be anything you do to your money to make your money go further or to multiply. And your money will go a whole lot further if you buy ahead of time in inflationary times. Stock up on food you're going to eat. I don't want you to go out and buy a bunch of freeze-dried emergency stuff. Stock up on the food you eat. Can your own meat. That's a big one. And there's really no limit. How much? Well, Why not set a goal to be able to go a month without going to the grocery store if you could? And then if you get to a month, why not go to two months? Um, There's nothing wrong with having a year's worth of food and then rotating through it. I mean, none of this is going to go to waste if you know how to do this. So I plan on doing a whole show on how to do that. But I, I would really be converting cash into resources, things that you know you're going to use, consumables. Food, water, 
Oh, I don't know. Um, We could look at a lot of things. Food and water are the most important. Obviously, if we're going to have food shortages and food prices right now are insane. So definitely something to keep in mind. All right. I'm going to knock out a couple calls, and then we will wrap this up. We're going to go to Michigan. Francis, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Can you see my nutritional? Uh, hold on one second. Did you give it to, yes, you did. I got it right here. All right. Let's take a look here. Whoa. Oh yeah. We've got some things going on here. Um, I don't have all the details. So how old are you? 42. Uh, I'll give you a quick background. I had weight loss surgery about 10 years ago. Okay. Oh, say that again. You broke up. Hey, Francis, I'm having a really hard time understanding you. Your phone's cutting out or something's going on, but I'm not understanding. Is it better now? Oh, that's much better. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, that's it. Whenever, whenever I carbs, I uh, I go to sleep in, within like fifteen minutes. But if I take my blood sugar, it seems pretty much normal. Well, tell me how. Tell, tell me how and when you take your blood sugar and what the number is. Uh, that's the Canadian number. So if I if I take it. Fasting in the morning, it's uh, around five. It's slightly high, but I've, I'm probably pretty uh, pre-diabetic. Yeah, yeah. So let's just stop there. I don't need to know anything else. You're diabetic. Okay. At, at forty-two, only using blood sugar as the measure, we may not actually diagnose you as diabetic till you're fifty. But I can tell you right now, you're diabetic. If we were to, if you were to go do a fasting insulin test, uh, and an, uh, uh, even a glucose, well, not even a glucose tolerance test, but if we did a fasting insulin, we would see your insulin levels are probably through the roof, and I, I can tell it based on your health outcomes. Um, your NutriQ looks horrible. Okay. There's another problem here, though. Weight loss surgery makes it very hard for your body to absorb nutrients. Even though they only touch the stomach and I still have everything else? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Okay. Well, first of all, how the, the only reason you lose weight on weight loss surgery is just pure calorie restriction. And the reason that doesn't work dieting is because nobody has that much willpower long enough. The, the stomach surgery kind of takes the place of the willpower. You're just not able to eat as much as you used to or want to. Well, if you're not eating much, you're not getting much nutrition either. When, when, if you listen to the show, what do I say when I, people are eating the right food? Whether it's a, a nutrient-dense keto diet, a well-planned carnivore diet, I say eat as much as you want. When you're hungry, eat. If you eat and you're still hungry, eat more. Because if you're hungry, your body wants nutrition. That's what hunger is. It's your body crying for nutrition. And weight loss surgery turns that signal off. 
you don't even know your body needs nutrition anymore because that weight loss signal has been artificially screwed with. So you're, you're not eating enough. There are absorption issues when we bypass the stomach. That, that's, that's not how our body is supposed to work. When we alter the way our body works, the outcome is never good. I am not a fan of weight loss surgery, and I, I, I don't want to beat people up after they've had it, but I do it because there are an awful lot of people listening that are considering it, and I want to convince them that it's the worst thing you could do to your health. Okay. And I tried keto, but I have seems to have fat digestion issues after a few days. Oh, I'm, I'm, sure I, I, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. It seems to be uh, lessened by taking a shot of apple cider vinegar every morning. So, and again... I, do, we, I don't know if I did the right thing, but I went away and ordered your uh, side digestion kit from, from the so, store. Well... I, I, here's what I'm going to recommend for you. I don't know if the fat digestion kit's going to work for you or not. There's, there's a lot going on in your NutriQ. Let me just go through a couple things. Kidney and bladder is off the chart. Cardiovascular is into the high priority range. Adrenal is off the chart. Um, that's a stress issue. Your sugar handling is off the charts. Your fatty acids are off the charts. Your minerals are into high priority. Um, you're a mess. And I don't, I can't just say, oh, well, just take this supplement or do that. Um, that we need to dig a little deeper. I would absolutely recommend you start with a discovery call with Lauren. That Those are free, and she will pick one thing, which is just going to be your diet overall, and work with you on that for 30 days. She'll give you a 30-day plan. And at the end of 30 days, I can tell you, you're going to need a one-on-one. Okay. That we can Thanks fix a lot. a lot of this. I, I don't want to sound as negative as I want to finish this on a more positive note. Um, and again, I, I do that not so much for you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about the decision you made. You made it. It's done. Let's move forward and fix it. And we'll be positive about that. But this is also a great time to warn other people. Weight loss surgeries, in my opinion, should be outlawed. I think they're barbaric. I, I can't believe we go in there and bypass entire parts of our digestive system and think that that could somehow be healthy. I, I'm going to take a minute here just to go through the digestive process again. We used to talk about this a lot. We haven't talked about it much lately. It's, it's a north to south process. Most people think it starts in their mouth. It starts in your brain. Then it does go to your mouth. And then the next step of the line is your stomach. If you compromise any step in the digestive process, every step after that is compromised. So we have brain, mouth, stomach. Once it comes out of the stomach, we have a whole bunch of organs there that start doing some work. We have the liver, gallbladder. We have the pancreas. Those are all a big part of digestion. Then after those organs, we have the small intestine. And then after the small intestine, we have the large intestine. So when you mess with the stomach, so we, could, we can still work on your brain for digestion. We can work on your mouth for digestion. We can't work on your stomach anymore. I mean, we can, we can try, but we're, we're really handicapped because they've made physical changes to your stomach. And now 
your stomach is compromised, which means every step of digestion after your stomach is compromised. Did I lose you? No, no, I'm still there. Okay. So uh, that was a lot to take in. I know, but so again, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I want to be positive with you. We can fix most of this. I doubt that we could ever get somebody back to total health. That's that's lost body parts, whether it's their gallbladder or a weight loss surgery or or whatever. But the good news is, we can make you wildly healthier than most Americans that have all of their body parts. So there, there is still a positive ending to this story, but it's a lot more work. Um, it's not as easy as it would have been, and they are pushing these surgeries and coming up with new crap all the time, and I want to convince people, do not do this. Um, your health will suffer the rest of your life. Now, many of the people who go through the surgery never you know, end up finding functional medicine, and they really suffer the rest of their life. The good news is there's a lot we can fix here. All right. I'll start with the discovery call and see how much Excellent. I can improve with whatever I have left. Excellent. Check in with me once a week, too. To, to my defense, when I did book the surgery, I didn't know about your show. So I learned I, a lot in the last few years, but it was too late. And and I I get it. Look, I, I don't blame people for this. I absolutely do not. I blame our system for this. Our system is criminal anymore. Our, our health sick care system is is criminal, in my opinion. Um, and there's, you know, I was just talking about my open was about the six. How much was it? I can't even remember the damn number because it doesn't even make sense to me. Almost seven billion dollars the pharmaceutical companies spend on advertising things and weight loss surgery is one of them there's an awful lot of money out there convincing you that this stuff is not only it's it's safe it's it's a miracle except it's not find people who have had good results with weight loss surgery and i'll bet they're still in their first year Find them after two or three years. There are no good results from this stuff. But you'd never know that because Big Pharma controls everything we see and read and hear today. When you find groups on Facebook, social media, I find them all the time, that are pro-surgery, pro-weight loss surgery. And you go in and these groups sound like they're amazing. Everybody has great stories to tell. It's all bullshit. It's all paid for. Those aren't real groups. So, so much of what we see and read and hear now is controlled by companies we don't even realize it is. We think these are normal people. We think these are are just self-help groups where people got together and they're helping. It's bullshit. These are all structured, paid groups putting out this information. So don't blame yourself. I don't blame you. I wish you would have found me sooner. And that's why I do take the time and kind of, push a little hard on issues like this because I want to get through to people. I don't have $7 billion to convince anybody. I have, to con- I have words. That's it. I have words to convince them and examples like you. So I, I make examples out of people not to shame them, not to make them feel bad. I'll do everything I can to help you, I promise. But I'm going to use you to help other people as well. That's part of the deal. All right, we're going to go to uh, one more call. We're going to take a call from Steve in Tennessee. Welcome. 
Hey, Kevin. Glad to get, uh, hook up with you again and find you back on the air. It's a good thing. Yes, I'm glad to be here. What can I help you with today? Um, I just finished uh, reading uh, through Audible, uh, the obesity code, and I, and I went through exactly what happens, what they say with every diet. And I did, uh, interestingly, it was NDK Keto. Had first six months, it was great. I mean, I lost 30 pounds. I was feeling great, doing great. And then I just kind of plateaued, and I was going nowhere. And I kind of lost interest. And next thing you know, here we are eight months later, and I'm 20 pounds is back on me, and my sugar's up again. And so I'm, I'm going back out again. But I'm, where I want to add now is everything they said, I've heard you mention at one time or another pretty much in that book. And so I think, you know, once you put it all together, but I'm a little confused on the uh, fasting and intermittent fasting on which way I should go with that, because I don't think I'm going to be the kind of guy that could go 382 days like the one guy did with that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Look, I don't even like three-day fast. I, I, it's just, it, it's me. I've tried them. I know they can be beneficial, but they're not beneficial if you're miserable and you hate it. And it, it's not like I'm not committed to this. It's not like I'm not willing to do the hard work. Clearly, I am. I've been doing it for years. But I'm not going to do things that, that I don't tend to see the benefit from, and I, I tend to see more negative things. Fasting, I think, can be a really personal thing. I know some people that will do 10-day fast every month, and I, I, and if it benefits them, fantastic. Keep doing it. I do much, much better with intermittent fasting every day. And then occasionally, maybe a 24 to 48 hour fast. And that's about it for me. I, I, I can't think of many reasons why I might do a, a longer than a 48 hour fast. And again, that's just me. doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I think we all find kind of our, our comfort zone for fasting. I, I just like the idea of an 18-6 intermittent fast. That means all of my eating needs to fall in a six-hour window. And it really doesn't matter when that six-hour window is. Is that correct? No, it doesn't. It's just the easiest way to do it is make sure that the entire fasting window is while you're sleeping. Or as much of it as possible. We're not going to sleep 18 hours a day. But if you sleep 10 hours a day or 8 hours a day, you want to make sure that entire 8 hours is, is during your fasting time. So the most common would be to pick whatever time you go to bed at night. Let's say it's 10 o'clock. Um, you should stop eating at 6. Three to four hours before you go to sleep, you should stop eating. So six or seven, you're going to stop eating. Now we can just work backwards from there. If you're going to stop eating at six in the evening, that means you can start eating at noon. So noon to six would be your window to eat. Most of your fasting time would be consumed by sleeping, which makes it a whole lot easier. Um, That's probably the most common intermittent fast pattern I see. And I, I'm one of the ones that have found out, like you tell everybody, you can't just dirty keto it. You have to be 100% no grain stuff or you're not going to get the benefits because I've tried it and it just doesn't work. You either got to be all in or not in. Yeah, and let me clarify something. When when I talk about dirty keto, I, there's a there's always been a misunderstanding about this. And it's because we all define these terms the way we want. I mean, there's no clear scientific definition for these things. Right. In my mind, 
dirty keto was still full-blown keto. If you were eating grains, that's not keto. There's too many carbs in grains. You can't be in ketosis. But people would say, oh, well, that was dirty keto. I had, you know, pasta one night or bread. No, to me, that's not keto anymore. You've just, you've just dropped the diet. You're not doing keto. To me, dirty keto is just about the quality of the food. You still have to be in, if you're not in ketosis, it's not a ketogenic diet. Might be low carb, but it's not ketogenic if you're not producing ketones every day. And if you're eating grains and right. cheating here and there, and then that's not really dirty keto. It's just not even keto anymore. Maybe, you know, lower carb than the standard American diet. It may be a low carb diet, but it's not a ketogenic diet. So for me, dirty keto simply meant um, I'm eating more restaurant food. I'm not eating pastured meats. I'm not eating organic vegetables or homegrown, but it's still very, very low carbon keto. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's basically a quality issue. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's it right there. Exactly. It's a quality issue, right? Yep, yep. And uh, have you read that book, The Obesity Code? Oh, I loved it. I, I don't know why in yeah, the beginning I, mean, I skipped Jason Fung's book. He had the Diabetes Code. He had, um, oh, then he did the, the Obesity Code, and then he did the Cancer Code. And I think what happened was I had already read so many books about diabetes and um, weight loss, and I, I just skipped his for some reason, and I don't know why. And when the Cancer Code came out, I looked at it, and I thought, that's a really interesting take on cancer. And within the first chapter, I went and bought his other two books. He's an amazing writer. I mean, he is so good at explaining this stuff. Um, he's probably one of my favorite authors now. It can be a little tough at first to get through all the data that he goes through to take you to the end that you get. But if you stick with it and get through it and get to the end of the book, it all the light comes on yeah. in your head. Okay, now I know why I just spent four hours listening to all these these stats and facts and stuff. But, uh the diabetic code is my next book because I, I didn't exactly, other than fasting, figure out how I'm going to break my insulin resistance and bring my insulin levels down to get my weight level down to where it needs to be so I can get everything reset again. Well, we can bring insulin levels down with strictly diet. Fasting just makes it go faster. I mean, insulin levels are directly tied to carbs. Right? It, that's a pretty pretty straightforward formula. Now, stress can raise insulin and a couple other things, but that, that's secondary. Uh, first step is we get insulin levels down by food alone, uh, just low carb. The, the less carbs you consume, the less insulin your body has to produce. No different than weaning yourself off any other addictive substance that we can become tolerant of or resistant to. Um, you know, the, the less heroin somebody does every day, the less heroin they need every day. And eventually they can break right. that, that need. Uh, the body has to have it to feel normal. The same thing here. I mean, all it takes is a low-carb diet to eventually bring insulin resistance under control. There are some things that can make it happen faster. The lower carb you go, that's why we're going to do a fermented carnivore challenge. It's going to be super low-carb. And then the longer you do it, it, the less insulin resistant and the more insulin sensitive you become. Exactly. 
Yeah. So that I would definitely recommend that book to anybody that's thinking about getting, you know, that wants to be serious about losing weight. It gives you such a more broader understanding because 98% of the world thinks it's calories in, calories out type thing. And it is so far from that. It's not. And and I think a big part of mine is the mental part of it that, that you touch upon the stress and the mental make it so hard for me to lose weight. That can be a big part of it. It can be, and, and that's become a really, much, much, much bigger issue in the last couple of years because our world's been turned upside down and still is, and we don't know where we're going or what we're it, doing, it and it's stressful. It really is. A um, couple hey. points I want to make before I forget. Um, the whole calories in, calories out. I thought we were done with that. I thought we had at least nobody saying it out loud, but every diet plan on the planet, uh, all the paid diet plans, Nutrisystem, Weight Watchers, or WW, whatever the hell they're calling it now, um, they're all based on calories in, calories out. They just don't say that anymore. Now, though, I see there's a whole right. new diet plan out, and they call it SECO. Oh, what a cool name, SECO. It stands for calories in, calories out. My God, they're still trying yep. to sell this bullshit unbelievable this and new one is go low too have you heard about that uh, yeah go low is kind of sort of better than most others on the market but it's it's still for all the money you got to pay for that and they they still allow a lot of foods that are going to slow down your progress and yeah it, it's it, it's it's unfortunate that you know, you have to try to find a way to make money doing this. And if I give you the correct diet advice, it's really hard for me to make any money because it's so damn simple. You know, here, just do this. It works. You don't need to pay me every month. You'd, but, I mean, you got to figure out a way to keep the lights on and pay the bills. Um, so we're, we're working on that. Um, what was the other oh, point? One oh, one other point I wanted to make before I talking. forget this, before I forget. On the fasting. You know, when we talk about an 18-6, okay. and let's say our, our eating window is noon to 6, and let's say tomorrow you wake up and maybe you do some bone broth. I, you know, I even do my uh, NDK coffee, and I know that's not a true fast, but I do it anyway because it makes me feel amazing, and I know I still get benefits from the 18-6 fast. But let's say you do that. You get up, you have a cup of bone broth, a cup of NDK coffee, and at noon when you're window opens up and you're not hungry what are you going to do not eat exactly let's not forget that sometimes in our mind we go oh look it's noon i can eat now and and we i'm sure we can eat but think about it there's a lot of days at noon i'm not hungry if i'm not hungry at noon i'm not going to eat now on the other hand today well this whole east coast thing is screwing me up today i think i ate something at like 9 30 actually ate a lamb chop, and it was good, too. Uh, but that's unusual for me to eat that early. But you know why I did it? Because um, you were hungry. Really hungry. Like, way more than normal hungry. Like, there's a lot of mornings where I think, yeah, something to eat right now would be good. But I wait till noon. Um, but this was enough hunger, and I'm sure it's yeah, my whole diet's been screwed up for a week now. Not that I ate anything bad. I was just eating weird or not eating because I didn't feel good or so when I felt that hunger this morning I thought you know what I'm going to eat something I ate a lamb chop I don't see how that's going to hurt anything yeah when you were um, talking to that fellow about you know how these Facebook support groups are all fake and everything I'm going to make a suggestion for you and anybody that's listening 
watch the social dilemma on Netflix documentary and you'll understand all of that social media stuff so much better. Oh, I'm going to go look that one up. I haven't read that one. Social Dilemma? Social Dilemma on Netflix. Netflix. Perfect. And it's actually all the uh, people, developers of Facebook and Twitter and stuff, people that have worked for these companies, and they can't consciously do it anymore. Their morals and values won't let them do it anymore because you don't see the same news feed that I see, Kevin. Oh, no. all, All tailored to what me. And people don't understand that. It's not all one thing. It's all tailored to what they think you want to see. Yeah, and, and and what you need to see. And and I won't say that every support group on social media is that way, but people would be surprised how many look like they're grassroots, normal people, and then you find out it is completely funded by a pharmaceutical company. Yep, absolutely. So, well, yeah, we appreciate you, Kevin, what you do for us out there, and I'll be in touch with you and let you know how my progress goes. Sounds good. Thanks for the calls. We are going to wrap this up. Looks like we went about an hour and a half today. The beauty of this format, when I have time and feel good, I can just keep going. Um, we'll be doing more of that. We're, we're, uh, we're on the verge of launching some pretty cool technology, although one piece I tried today failed. But that's how you learn. Um, that was the whole point of this. We want to build the very best technology we can, and that requires some some testing and some trial and error, so we do appreciate your patience in that process as well. Um, if you're not part of, boy, if you're listening, you're probably a part of Healthy Tribe and Trucking Tribe, but if you're not, come on over and join one or both. Uh, it's a great way to support us and help us continue our mission. Um, they're both really, really cheap. Uh, what is tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday. What am I doing tomorrow? I'm not sure yet. I may do an hour of a free-for-all and then an hour of rolling toe. We'll have to see how tomorrow goes. Uh, but either way, we will see you back here tomorrow for something. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. <laughs>